0: Hello up there you walkers in a winter wonderland, welcome to Thrones of Game, the Game of Thrones podcast where we watch the series backwards. If you've never heard the show before, well let me just explain there friend, my name is BT Calloway, I've already seen the entire show, and joining me as always is my dear friend Elliot J O'Neill, who had never watched a single episode until we started watching In Reverse Order. Elliot, how are you doing?
1: Uh, happy of New Year's to you too.
0: Yeah, we're recording this just after Christmas, so I thought I'd throw that in, but hey, it's probably 2021 now. How's everything going perfectly and no problems whatsoever? <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> Delightful. Uh, just a quick second, I'm going to double check my headphones because I sound a little tinny. Oh yeah. I just want to make sure that's, uh, my headphones are not the recording. Hmm.
1: Technical difficulties, card flashes up. Oh wait, no, it's a podcast, just technical difficulties,
0: dude. Yeah, editing me so you can find some music for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, sounds better now. Okay, cool.
1: Oh, that sucks because that microphone wasn't recording, so that's just going to sound way more dramatic to us than <laughs> to the audience.
0: It's all right, man. It's all right. I'll figure something out. Yeah. We just watched Season 3, Episode 4, Entitled, and Now His Watch Has Ended. That is our bit. <laughs> that is our bit that we obviously came up with ourselves.
1: They stole it.
0: God damn. Yeah, Um. L E J what just happened?
1: You know what? A lot of talking, but I fucking loved this episode. I really like
0: this one too. Uh, for those of you playing at home, this is one where Varys gets some revenge, Dan Brady gets her army, and Sam and Gilly flee. Mm. Uh, yeah, so let's start off with our first question. Uh, in an episode you fucking loved, what was your MVP? Sass Queen. <laughs>
1: like, without a <laughs> doubt, like, she just got so much to do in this episode. Because that's, like, kind of the problem with finding MVP, is, like, sometimes it's just who was most prominent in this episode because they got more to do and it's a bit more dynamic and yeah usually she's relegated to one maybe two scenes and yeah she got like three whole bits in this and it was all fucking fantastic and there's another one of these things where i saw a character pairing for the first time knowing it'll never happen again and Mm -hmm. her and Varus. oh my
0: god yeah that was my favorite too
1: (laughs) yeah Varus was close second for mvp just because again he got a lot to do in this episode Mm -hmm. and that just was fucking character magic why it didn't happen more and why they didn't get an established friendship is just so dumb to me
0: like man it's 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 the gooey caramel center like Mm. it can't all be gooey caramel because then it's not the center you just get this one good thing once and it remains good and great forever
1: Oh, and oh, uh, delicious and succulent it yeah. was too. So much <laughs> intriguing. Oh, yeah. Because
0: I'm wondering how early into the series run this is. Like, is this an in- introduction for Sasqueen? Queen? May- maybe. I'm not th- too sure when she comes in. Mm uh it feels like it though because it feels like this is really establishing her as a character i mean it starts off with her sitting down and one of her grandchildren or something is like oh look at this one they've embroidered a rose and she's like oh another bloody rose well how original <laughs> there are roses on my bed sheets and roses on my pillow and roses on my chamber pot not, like it makes it smell any better it's like just pew. <laughs> she's like the spirit of pew pew you know
1: oh <laughs> uh, absolutely like just destroying everybody but i love with Ferris that like she goes to cut him down early but that he kind of like meets her on her level, and they end up bonding. And it's I know, so oh, delicious.
0: It's <laughs> a great bit where she feels like she's gonna yeah shoot him down and not really listen to his whole speech. Where she's like, "Are you flirting with me?" Oh, go ahead, go ahead and seduce <laughs> me. And then there's a great line of, uh, "I wonder what happens when non-existence bumps against the decrepit." Yeah. <laughs> it's like, holy crap! <laughs>
1: like, yeah, that's again what I love about her. She knows who she is. She's mm-hmm. self-deprecating and everything. And so this is a moment where. Um, You know, uh, she's sort of still on her guard and whatever and shooting someone down in the conversation. Mm -hmm. You know, and in contrast to uh, her conversation with Cersei where I feel like she was being way more honest
0: yeah very than. genuine she has a great little back and forth of you know as mothers we do what we can to keep our children from death mm. but they seem to yearn for the grave and it's like wow
1: yeah and they were just like boys suck why do they get to rule everything i don't know it sucks Yeah, like they put it way more eloquently than i did but um you know i wasn't that scrupulous and no take her
0: <laughs> no sometimes the lines are like so specific i get halfway through writing one I'm like oh, yeah. how did that end <laughs> damn it
1: no, and oh, and her back and forths with uh, Varys as well is like, ew, is Cersei interesting? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, the walking and the talk, like yeah, again for such a talky episode, I yeah. was pretty well engaged by every scene in this one. But yeah, Sasqueen just stands head and shoulders above. Yeah. Fucking rest in power, Diana Rigg. They're we real.
0: Uh, yeah, and no, I do also like... Because like, we also make fun of, you know, having walks in the garden is a mm. thing. But even then, she has a line of, well, come and take a walk with me. I know the walls have ears, but apparently so do the bushes anyway, so we may <laughs> as well move.
1: Yeah. Well, and I liked how they were sort of, uh, you know, Varys... Um you know, starts talking about Littlefinger and she's like, oh, I see, we're approaching point. And it's like, okay, here's our common interest and they're mm-hmm. talking about him. And, like, I don't think I knew that Tyrion took over Littlefinger's job exactly. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, I like uh, this discussion of his power within the thing, and that uh, Varys's line especially, he'd be, the, he'd burn the city to the ground if he could be the king of the ashes, it's just... yeah, The language used in their back and forths as well was just really, mwah, chef's kissy fingers all round.
0: For real, I mean, and I do like this really sets up what we see in the next two episodes of all this relationship ship, you know, who's gonna marry who crap, it mm. got kind of boring, but in Verus's telling of it, he's like, you know, no one really seems to realise this, but Littlefinger is the most dangerous man in Westeros because he knows that if Rob falls Sansa becomes the key to the north and if he marries her when no one gives a shit about her then he's got that key in his pocket and it's like ah, oh, that's so good that explains yeah. all these other bits that we didn't really care about it took two more episodes of yammering back and forth to make this happen but the point of it is right there and it's so simple and then I really love the follow-up scene where I can't believe it's not Miseru Tyrell mm. is walking with Sansa and it's all like oh and you'll get to marry Loras and like that's planting the scene and you get the kind of the unseen moment of Sasqueen telling Marjorie Tyrell you've got to go to Sansa and sell this idea to her Mm. and then that'll kind of solidify that before uh, Littlefinger gets a chance. It's like, and the fact that we didn't see that scene but it's so heavily implied, I really love that. It makes you feel smart for understanding what's going on.
1: Mm. Oh, definitely. And... Sort of, Veris, uh is kind of your conduit for that a, a lot because of his gossipy nature and yeah. you know the way he uh, you know sprunges information out of people. Ah, oh. yeah, that's why he uh, he was a definite close second because yeah, he got a lot to do in this episode and uh, it's kind of weird he didn't seem to get much to do this season after this.
0: No, well, yeah, no, not really. It's all he's the one who's like putting the pieces in motion and then we mm. watch that motion, I suppose. But yeah, yeah um, I'm a little sad we don't get a little bit more Varys. I like Verus a lot. He's great.
1: But yeah, gooey caramel centre. Yeah. Um, it can't all
0: be, you know, the good bits. It exactly. can't all be the guitar solo. You've got to build stuff around it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also want. Like, really like when um, Marjorie, can't believe it's not Marjorie Tyrell, goes to talk to Sansa and, you know, tells the guards, you can leave us, and they don't leave. And then mm. she's like, oh, I'll tell my husband the king about it uh, when I'm queen. It's like, and then they go. It's like, do the guards have to sit there and know who everybody is and how legitimate their threats are? <laughs> because like, they don't talk they're just standing there and yet they both leave at the same time of just they have a series of hand signals like a picture
1: yeah <laughs> no guards seem to have an unspoken language as as we see later on in the end of the episode yeah, like I just I w- know, w- <laughs> sorry what do you mean by stabbing are you are you in favour of this whole yeah, situation y- you're saying
0: stab but I don't know which one, the one that one okay we stab the guy on the left okay cool <laughs> yeah
1: what what does striking the spears into the ground mean yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guards <laughs> use your words guards
0: I know come on it's, I just want want one of them to go who is this again that's <laughs> uh, marjorie tyrell i don't that name means nothing to me um i think she's engaged to the king right right. so she's serious yeah she's serious <laughs> all right let's fuck off yep <laughs> uh,
1: let's confirm with ferris but we should just leave just yeah, in case know. <laughs> he knows all the gossip like,
0: <laughs> i can't keep track there's so many moving pieces <laughs> i just came here to stand and hold a spear god damn mm. uh yeah i would kind of throw um
1: oh yeah and just uh because there's probably that's all to talk about that scene as well mm-hmm. but um, just poor Sansa's brief moment of optimism in this. Life uh, isn't so Jean Grey anymore. She's going to marry Loras and she's yeah. going to have a BFF sister-in-law. Yeah, and...
0: I really felt for her in this moment because she doesn't know she's being manipulated by Marjorie, and mm. It just finally looks like she's going to have a friend. It's like, oh girl, I feel so bad for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, well, poor and, Sansa.
1: Yeah, and at this moment, I'm sure the audience may have had a sense of optimism for her too.
0: Huh. Well, yeah, on the forward watch, I mean, I remember hearing a lot of backlash about Sansa because she was all, I guess, you know, whiny and things kept happening to her rather than having any kind of agency. But to me, that was always kind of the point. This is the person that can't do anything. Yeah, she's a and fucking it, teenager. Yeah, she's and it's been... being manipulated and moved around and just has no power other than her name. And that's yeah. it. Like she can't fight and she can't, you know, sneak around and isn't in the game enough to really manipulate pieces behind the scenes or anything.
1: She don't know she's the key <laughs> to the north. So how should, would she <laughs> That confidence She's just
0: a girl Trying to get by In this crazy world mm. Yeah um, I'm split on my MVP I'm just a
1: girl In Westeros <laughs> Yeah
0: almost <laughs> One Westeros show At a time uh, my other, I, I'm a kind of split on my other MVP because I do want to give it to Theon and, Theon and Ramsey's Ride of Lies.
1: Yeah, talk about fucking <laughs> a destroyed sense of optimism.
0: <laughs> yeah, we just see this guy, we don't know who he is, riding around with Theon and he's like, oh, I'll get you out of here, your sister sent me. Oh, I remember when I was a boy watching you sail off from the Iron Isles. Oh, I remember that.
1: Calling him my lord and everything.
0: Yeah, and even like, you know, acting all shy and uncertain. No, I, mm. I don't know, my lord. You know, and then he just takes him back to the dungeon. and he's like, <laughs> I
1: brought him back for you. Let's <laughs> torture
0: him. <laughs> he's like, ah. so." But, I mean, Theon really does a great moment here when, you know, uh, Ramsay Snow's unlocking the gate and he's just having this moment of... You know, I I followed what my father said, but I should have followed what the family who actually raised me, which was the Starks, would have done. And I Mm -hmm. betrayed them and I've ruined everything. And it's a lot of regret. And it's really, it's it's not a big kind of, oh, whoa, I've done everything wrong. It's just a kind of harsh realization on his part, which is like, I've gone and fucked everything up and I'm an idiot.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like this guy's character trait throughout most of the series, and I've said it a lot, is just being shaking from the pain that he's holding with uh-huh. inside and just sort of let it watching him sort of vent the uh, steam a little bit and uh, unfortunately doing the backwards watch and just mm. once again my notes saying oh no oh no oh no <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> like fortunately yeah, no, I a- go well for him
1: <laughs> yeah fortunately we didn't see any scenes of actual torture onto the poor dude <laughs> at the moment but mm-hmm. yeah seeing this moment of vulnerability like oh it's it's that beautiful, like, well made kind of just. Uh, yeah, and
0: how much it hurts that he's, you know, letting all his feelings out to this guy he thinks is saving him, and nope, mm. nope, 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 nope. Uh, yeah, but my actual MVP, I want to throw to Varus and Tyrion's little back and forth. Uh, I wish there was a bit more of a lead in. We just start with Varus prying open this crate and Tyrion yeah. talking. I wish they'd, like, walked into the room, but it's not really clear. What exactly was happening then um but you know t- uh, Verus then talks about the story of him being cut and the sorcerer who threw his parts on the flame and they burned blue and uh he chanted and a voice returned and it was all spooky and creepy and then he kind of opens up the crate and you see it's the sorcerer inside and he's like oh yes, I've had my influence spread far and wide and I finally found this man. It's mm. like, ooh, Varys you got a dark side.
1: Yeah, oh, and was his mouth, like, I couldn't quite tell because it was, like, a little darkly lit, but was his mouth stitched shut?
0: I think it was just a rope was in there, but it might have been stitched, I'm not sure.
1: It looked brutal, like, it was just, yeah, that guy was so dirty and everything, it was hard to well, tell what he'd been doing. There done was a him.
0: little detail I liked where the crate finally pries open and Tyrion kind of looks in and sh- is shocked and Varys kind of isn't shocked, he knows what's in there, but he just kind of holds his hand to his nose, like, oh, you smell... (laughs) it's again doesn't even call attention to it but he just does it as a reaction of like yeah that guy would stink that's it he's been in a crate but But if we can't tell what's in his mouth on a Blu-ray edition
1: (laughs) (laughs) there we go dropped that in yeah I've complained uh, about the DVD quality of the first half of season three that we were watching and again I think it's just because like I got a 4K TV and it's showing up like some of the rough uh, edges and pixelation Mm -hmm. um, um, most TVs you'd get away with or if you turned off motion blurring but who would do that? Am I right, my TV friends? Anyway, but yeah, we we upgraded to the Blu-ray edition and yeah, it's made all the difference because I was kind of wondering if like the budget of the show increased and like Could the difference of DVD to Blu-ray really be that much? Mm -hmm. But yeah, it is. This show is definitely shot beautifully and it kind of deserves to be seen on the best possible TVs and, uh, uh, sorry, best possible media that uh, Mm -hmm. you have available at you. But yeah. Anyway,
0: <laughs> and this has been cock talk. Yeah,
1: um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, just on that Vera scene as well. Like, I can Like, I've stopped calling him Burnt Newton for the uh, most well, part. Well, it's
0: been such a long time since he looked like Burnt New- Newton and was on fire. So
1: yeah, but. Uh, now apparently yeah burnt newton origins he yeah his dick was burnt off (laughs) oh yeah i
0: missed that just like the rest of him in the end
1: that's just such horrible foreshadowing like like maybe that's why he was so calm in the face of dragon death (laughs) later on in the series Yeah,
0: fire it's 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 fine (laughs) yeah the ghost, th- of, the ghost of my dick told me it was fine,
1: <laughs> but yeah, imagine to live through it uh, would make you more comfortable with dying through it, I suppose. Yeah.
0: But he's got a good little exit line where um, he says, "After the sorcerer was done with me, he threw me out to die, but I resolved to live to spite him." And mm. Then says, "I've soon found out the contents of a man's letters are far more valuable than the contents of his purse," and it's like so good, such a good little bit about just it's it's all just yeah. Verus begins, and it's great. I love. Mm.
1: It. And yeah, following up the scene with uh, him and the uh, lady of the night, I assume.
0: Uh, yeah, the, uh, the well, I mean, she suggests she's a former lady of the night now, mm. maybe a key, you know, uh, informant.
1: Yeah, first time I'm meeting her, so I was like a little worried, thought she might die.
0: Reasonably sure she's the one who shot in uh the end of the last episode. Oh, really? I think. I'm pretty sure.
1: Mm. Yeah. Oh, fair enough.
0: Yeah, actually, I'm, very, I'm quite sure. Yeah, unfortunate, but there we are. <laughs> and let's see and oh, we'll move on to our next question of nudity No. Nope. Nope. <laughs> okay moving on to our next question of violence wait I don't really need to just lean away from that violence
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah and a little bit of violence
0: a little bit um, we start off with you know uh, what's his name Jim Jam Lannister being led through uh, just led on a horse his hands around his neck uh, not around his neck, hung no. around his neck.
1: <laughs> his uh, uh, dismembered hand.
0: Yep. Uh, we get a little bit of the guys taunting him. Goes, oh, how many of those fingers? Reckon we can shove up your ass. Oh, is that what you do with your sister? She got you ready for us. Aha! And I'm like, they're talking about the three types of sex again. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's like canon.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's the very, very kinky variant of the third type I of mean, sex. Yeah,
0: you don't want to do that. But uh, hey, if that's what floats you, 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 I was trying kind to of, mm. kind of come up with a different word for boat, but fuck it, boat.
1: Yeah, well, uh, he may not have shoved those fingers in his ass, but he got muddy fingers in the end.
0: Yeah, then he I like how he falls off his horse onto like the one muddy patch. So yeah. Why did him to just be like, Really? Oh, I'm having such a case of the Mondays.
1: <laughs> First the hand now. now this, this.
0: Ah. <laughs> Um, but then you know uh, What's
1: what's gonna happen next? Am I gonna drink horse urine? Because <laughs> <yeah>, then <laughs> he asks
0: for water and the guy pours it on his head yeah. like a jerk, and then uh what's his face, you know, um I always forget this guy's name. Noah Taylor? Yeah. Then Noah Taylor is all like, Oh, why don't you drink from this? Oh I've never seen a man drink horse piss that quickly and it's like did you just have that (laughs) were you just waiting for like I've had this bottle of horse piss for like six weeks but one day it's gonna be really funny
1: it's the same as like uh, if you ever like ever heard of a year 12 muck up day uh, Mm -hmm. our audience out there and like the people who would fill water balloons with piss and it's like what was the process to do this? Yeah. Like, surely there's more shame on you for actually doing that than it was the, the person that got the piss balloon thrown at them. Yeah, and
0: being like, look, I've looked at the number of balloons you have filled with piss. This took <clears> days. <throat> this took effort. It, of a really disgusting nature. What's wrong with you?
1: Also, this one's looking a bit like a sunset. You need to drink more water.
0: Yeah. Or was this a plan of Noah Taylor's? He was like, okay, what I want you to do, just don't give him any water for like a couple of days, and then at mm. some point he's going to beg for it, then I want you, Tim, to walk over and pour the water on his head, and he'll be like... Um, oh, there's water on my head, but not in my mouth. What am I to do? And then I'm offering the bottle of horse piss, and I'll take it. Okay, we all got this. Everyone know their parts? Good, good. Let's do this.
1: Uh, uh, Just, yeah, absolute year 12 muck-up day fuckers, this one. Yeah. And it's interesting seeing Noah Taylor's character in this sort of uh, section of um, the show, because, yeah, when I saw him in the past, it was more conniving and evil, and you didn't really know where he stood. And this is like... uh, bombastic and just mm-hmm. so gleeful in his torture of this poor one-handed dude.
0: Yeah, pretty much. He's he's a right bastard, but he's mm. uh, at least I kind of feel like I get him a bit more. Yeah. You know, instead of just being ha, mustache twirly evil, he's like just doesn't care.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he's
0: I... uh, enjoying lording the power over the kingslayer.
1: Yeah, whereas in the later season stuff he did, I felt like it was a bit stunt casty, but yeah, mm. this one, yeah, it feels like his character has a point. I
0: maintain it can't be stunt-casting because most people don't know who Noah yeah, Taylor is.
1: Yeah, fair enough. <laughs>
0: but I mean, I might be wrong. Who the hell knows? <laughs> the
1: lead star of He Died with a Falafel in his hand. <laughs> yeah,
0: you out there, do you know who uh, Noah Taylor is? Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Um, yeah, Ends of the Mud Fight. I wrote down Fighting Dirty. It was not that great, but hey, that's what I got.
1: And this was another one of these... Like, great fight scenes where I felt like they were doing something original in the show where mm. there was just no hope for either Jamie or no. Bree, but they were going for it.
0: Yeah, no, I kind of like that as well, where it's just, you know, Jamie manages to get a sword from one guy, but he's already exhausted and he's using his left hand. Mm. And so he tries, and the guys are standing back, because so they know he has a reputation, and they're, like, even tired with on his offhand, he's still dangerous. Yeah. And, no, it doesn't go well for him, unfortunately.
1: <laughs> no, and they're just, like, poking him and prodding him like a... Um, like they're torturing a poor small animal or something and then mm-hmm. yeah Bree with her um hands bound still gets a couple of good licks in i mean oh yeah i actually meant to say gets a couple of good kicks in
0: <laughs> licks in kicks in yeah, yeah whatever Ah, uh, yeah, then we get a nice follow-up scene where you know Jim Jam and Tilda Swanson are just sitting around the fire, and she's like, "You have to eat," and he's like, "No, I'm busy dying." And she's <laughs> like, "Oh, you've had a taste of the real world where people have important things taken from them. And you've decided to whine and quit. You sound like a bloody woman," which she's allowed to say because she is one.
1: Mm. Uh, I yeah, my note there was Bree sexist. Yeah, I heard that scene totally different. I thought I heard her going like, "What you doing?" He's like, "Dying."
0: <laughs> uh, how's that working for you? <laughs> Bad. Okay, well, chin up there, Scout.
1: But I I liked the cleverness of the... um, The storytelling in this was fantastic because, yeah, one of the problems I have with this show is because I'm watching it wrong, so I don't have a uh, context for a lot of shit. But this was just great storytelling and Bree saying um, how uh, Jamie deceived uh, uh, the captors or whatever by mm-hmm. saying that the Sapphire Isle was named for the gem, but it's just the blue of the water. Yeah. And that that was just a lovely bit of storytelling from her on her part. Mm-hmm. And then he eats. So it's yeah, nice.
0: Yeah, it's nice. And, uh, yeah. and now you understand that bit later on where they're all like, they somehow got it into their heads that her father has all the Sapphires in the world. And he's like, oh, shit.
1: Because <laughs> that's what he
0: told them. <laughs> um let's see other violence we've got oh yeah well uh, yeah
1: speaking of uh, eating and violence
0: mm, we got a little well first of all it starts off with them burning uh one of the the night's watchmen and because they're all starving they're like it's weird he smells really good mm. <laughs> so yeah uh, that's it's a good way to explain that they're all just starving and exhausted uh, and this is where the you know episode title comes from we go then go inside to craster who's just being a dick and uh discount willem dafoe
1: yeah, yeah. Actually, we were, on the the good side of uh, killing this time, I, well, I assume.
0: I mean, uh, the enemy of your enemy is not necessarily your friend, despite right. the, despite the saying. Um, yeah, because he crasters are like, ah, oh, the next one that calls me a bastard, I'm gonna chop his ass. he's like, you're the most bastardy bastard that ever bastard <laughs> you bastard.
1: Yeah, and it was full like full on. Not even one one of those. If any of you say anything, and then just. Mm. Under the <laughs> breath, no. He was just out right. with it.
0: You got to lean into it for sure. But then it's a quick. He charges it in with an axe and discount Willem Dafoe just right under the jaw, up into the head, and it's it's nasty, but it works.
1: Oh, when they choose to go full detail on their goryness, like mm-hmm. again, it felt artful. I gotta say, like even though you know it's very disgusting to see, you know his tongue back and the blade popping up in, on the inside of his mouth. it's yeah. full on, but. Fuck, it's effective.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. And given how much of a bastard Kranster is, it's, it's kind of satisfying to see.
1: Again, having zero context, I got it all in that moment. I <laughs> suppose, yeah, someone hoeing in on a giant fucking leg of something. and
0: Yeah, well, don't worry. You'll find out why he only has daughters soon. Mm. Um, uh, um, yeah. But,
1: yeah, it's still funny to me in this show where um, this is in a time, in a place where one of the worst things you could call a person was, you were born and your parents weren't married at the time. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, it's weird. <laughs>
1: way to be shit at life, dude.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like way, yeah, way to have, way to be born and have no control over the circumstances, dick. <laughs> <Because>.
1: <laughs> your parents had sex and then had you and didn't uh, a prior uh, engage in a religious ceremony.
0: Sucker. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, wait till they find out proper swear words. Um, but yeah, then the guy who's uh, captaining all these Night's nice Watchmen gets stabbed in the back, but then still goes for the full chokehold on the other mm. dude and nearly gets there and then just succumbs to his wounds and that all it's all bloody and nasty.
1: Yeah, that's the guy who gets iced by... Fuck, who is it? Is it the wolf or
0: Jon Snow later? I believe the wolf eats his face.
1: Yeah, that's right, because he's teasing him and shit later on. Yep.
0: And then he gets wolfed.
1: And uh, the heavy metal roadie as well makes an appearance. That guy, I don't know his name.
0: Pretty sure it's Ed, but yeah.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, that's right. That sounds like such a roadie name. But yeah, his hair's a lot shorter in this one. He's about at like indie band, indie rock band roadie at the moment. Like
0: just when you're starting to leave the indie scene, Mm -hmm. kind of. I mean, maybe that maybe he starts off like shortcut at the very beginning of this show and just let it go. Yep, (laughs) it's the one consistent thing they got. Uh yeah, I, mean, I think that does, yeah, I with ex-
1: exception of Cersei, everyone's hair gets a lot longer.
0: <laughs> well, then at one point, yeah, a lot shorter. Um, and the other bit of violence is the part where I was like, oh yeah, Dan Brady's part of this show. But mm. I will, I'll admit, I actually quite like this scene. This is where uh, Dan Brady basically buys the Unsullied in exchange for a dragon, and then the guy who buys the dragon is like, hey, this dragon isn't doing what I wanted it to do, and she's like, cool hey, an army that I just bought from this guy who then now doesn't have an army anymore. You just kill everyone, thanks. Yeah. Cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, this was one where... Um, yeah, because I loved it too, and I've mm. yeah been very critical of the Dan stuff, but yeah. yeah, this one felt like it wasn't just her winning just because, like... Yeah, it felt like, yeah, this guy uh, who was obviously, yeah, relishing in extravagant things and, um, yeah, would finally get a dragon and be excited about it and it would be so stupid yeah. to change trade an army for it.
0: Yeah, he's basically the Veruca Salt of like, but I want a dragon now! Yes. <laughs> you know, and then he gets his dragon then the Unsullied are all like, oompa loompa stabbed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Yeah, it's a good bit. And um, what I really like is at the end of this, it does like a big pan out shot and it does, you know, Dan Brady holding the whip and symbolically dropping it because they're free Mm -hmm. men now fighting for her. But the music is very ominous and there's just just wave after wave of unsullied soldier marching out. And it kind of makes me feel like at this point, They Well, this director, at least, was maybe leaning towards uh, Dan Brady being a little bit more questionable in her ethics, like, was was this really about ending slavery, or was this about acquiring a massive army? And it really makes me wish they'd played her a little bit more, you know, grey, rather than, oh, you know, she's such a good woman until the very end, and she just wouldn't have been good or bad, just a rising force that was going to eventually oppose everything else we knew. Yeah. And it kind of bums me out they didn't do that and they just kind of tried to make it this knight knight on shining dragon um, that then... knight of shining hair, rather. (laughs) Whatever. That then then suddenly went bad. It's just so much less... Even then, the build-up, everything else we see in this season is her just being good and winning and that's it. I would have loved a bit more ambiguity.
1: Yeah, well... what really stood out to me from this scene as well and something that I liked was the colour choices because, and I think this really backs up your theory here, is Mm -hmm. that yeah, there was this, like, prominent dark gray purple shadow where there was like lots of sunset colored orange light poking through it Mm. so i think that's really selling that sort of mixed optimism slash yeah because there's a great
0: shot of her like facing camera but behind her is like this almost like napalm strike line of fire going Mm. across and then the kind of smoke billing billowing past the sun which looks impressive but also very ominous because this is destruction And uh, you can't possibly say that no one innocent got hurt in all that.
1: That's it. And, yeah, a real contrast to that fucking uh, people circling around her and everything's bright and well lit and Mm. uh, it looks like the end of fucking Mortal Kombat 1 (laughs) style and the dragon swoops through. Like, yeah, this feels like there's some storytelling in the art and colour. And, again, it's this thing that I do find interesting about the Dan story of the, oh, you're all free men but you're still, you know, in your square formations and you're following me and yeah. doing what I say, but you're free.
0: Yeah, she does have the thing of, oh, every any man who wants to leave can leave now and I won't stop them. All you can fight for me is free men and these guys have known nothing but slavery their entire lives. How many of them are going to go, oh, cool, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to set up a little market down, in, you, know, you know, maybe sell some tin cans. Uh, they had no plans. They didn't know what they were doing. They've yeah. got nothing in the entire world except being soldiers. You offer them the chance to be... A soldier or basically be nothing they're gonna pick being a soldier yeah yeah so it's not the freedom she makes it out to be and i again i wish i'd leaned onto that a bit more because yeah it's such an interesting dynamic to be like yeah you offer them freedom but you offered them nothing
1: yeah, well, I feel like everyone sort of joins up with her clan like way too quickly as well in other mm. episodes, and that there was hesitation after her question, and then you know we get the, the soldiers spears. slow clap yeah. basically. <laughs> That's exactly what my <laughs> note was. Yeah,
0: just stop, stop, and it's effective, but and it's just yeah. On this watch through, I really question like how many of them are just doing this because they don't know what else to do, mm. and then the fact that never comes up as a point kind of bums me out.
1: Yeah. And, like, yeah, I was really impressed with this scene. And, yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I wish there was more of this style of yeah. storytelling with the dance stuff.
0: Yes, more ambiguity, Dan. I like ambiguity. Yeah. Um, I-, I also wrote down, because she wheels the dragon up in this cart and then it's chained, I wrote down how to chain your dragon. Hey. <laughs> yeah. It's not great, but it's what I had.
1: But, yeah, not bad. Potential <laughs> episode title, right? I'm just yeah. pitching him out. <laughs> but I... Uh, I was also sort of thinking in this moment as well because it got to the end of the the episode and I thought the only scene that really dragged for me was the Arya and the Hound in the cave bit. Mm. Um, but I think that was more because I knew where it went and sort of this just mm, yeah. felt like uh, uh, filling in the time. But I was really questioning what made the editors choose to put certain bits where. And I assume it's sort of from episode to episode you want to have like... Um, one story thread having a high action scene While mm. another one is having their more talky Pieces moving moments Yeah, And you sort of want to have them trading off in episodes Makes sense. Which you know For the other week when we are watching a very talk Heavy episode it's like uh, Why weren't you sort of planning that out a bit more
0: Yeah they needed those breaks of action Or something else going on
1: Yeah and so for most of these episodes It seems like Dan gets the final scene And I'm always curious why mm. Like they choose to put it there because even this one, it's like, I would have probably put the Night's Watch scene last if I was doing it yeah, there. Yeah,
0: because that ends with, um, yeah, um, Sam and Gilly running off into the woods facing an uncertain future. Mm. Uh, And again, because you're not trying to build Dan Brady. Well, she, you're building her as a force to be reckoned with, but as we find out, it's meant to be an all-shining good force. So it's not... Dynamically interesting. Yeah. Whereas the uncertainty of what's happening to Sam and Gilly is this is just her solidifying power. It's not uncertainty. Yeah, and and I think sp- you you always want to end on uncertainty because that drives interest.
1: Yeah. Okay. I suppose. Yeah. Uh, it's just interesting. Yeah. Something to think about.
0: I oh, know. I agree with you. That's, that's what I mean. It's like for, end with the uh, Night's Watch scene because that is a big question mark of what's going to happen next time. Yeah. Uh, whereas we know what happens with Dan Brady next time. Now she just has a bunch of other dudes.
1: yeah, I am curious to know what the thought process is in arranging these scenes. Yeah, Yeah, they
0: just, from script, are they editing, do editors decide this kind of thing? Mm. I don't know. Yeah, good question. Um, We'll have to find someone who knows, because I certainly don't. (laughs) Uh, yeah, but yeah, in the Aria, uh, Aria Hound and Gendry with the Brotherhood without Banners scene. There's a couple of good lines in there. I do like that. Uh, Captain one Eyes, are like, "I've seen better days, and I'll not see them again." It's like, yeah, that's that's a good way of phrasing it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like things are getting worse, and I'm just—it's probably going to get worse from here. Yeah. Uh, and then they like basically try and put the ha- the Hound on trial for murder. And he's like, "Fuck off! I didn't do that. That was all my brother. Mm. Just because I'm a Clegane doesn't mean I'm killing the same people."
1: Yeah, and once again, I don't think. I was fully aware that he was Joffrey's guard before?
0: Yep, we'll get to that at the Battle of Blackwater, which I think happens at the beginning of this season, or maybe late last season, or late next season, rather. Okay. We'll get there. We'll get
1: there. All right. (laughs) I won't flip ahead in my notebook and see is that episode title coming up? You can.
0: (laughs) I'm certainly not here to stop you. (laughs) Uh, I'm just going to go through my notes, see if I've got anything else. Um, I do like a little uh, scene between Seesaw and Tywin Lannister, and she's all like, Mm. hey, you're giving all this, you know, credit to your sons. How about your daughter, who's been listening to all your rambling on about family and legacy and blah, 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 and may have actually taken some lessons from that.
1: Oh, and just his little puts the pen down. Okay. Contribute. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Fuck. Yeah. (laughs) Charles Dance, just killing it with a single line. And I wanted her to be like, I mean, I don't have anything right this second, but I mean, like, <laughs> in general, if I could be involved, yeah. You know? And <laughs> she's got something. She's basically just worried about the Tyrells, and ultimately, she's she's like, Mar- I can't believe it's not Marjorie Tyrell it has her claws in my son." And it's like, and he's like. Cool, yeah. good. That's what I wanted. About time. Someone to control that psycho.
1: Yeah, you're not as clever as you think you are. Yeah. He's, he's got you wrapped around his little finger. Like, not little finger, but his finger. Yeah, yeah. Not,
0: not little finger, little finger. Why do we name him that? Ah, oh. Didn't think about this at all.
1: Let's get him out of our town.
0: Yep. And he's got a line I can't quite remember it of, uh, I don't distrust you because you're a woman. I distrust you because you're, I don't know, maybe it is because you're not as smart as you think you are or something yeah. like that. I can't remember. It was a good bit. Charles Dance kills, as always.
1: Yeah, well, again, it's what I like seeing about sort of Cersei begins here because I've seen her, you know, just being this all dominant, all powerful force that people are so intimidated by. And even though she's clearly like in her late 30s, early 40s, she's still like a daughter. (laughs) Like, it's very weird seeing this dynamic from her and her trying to move the pieces, but being like oppressed like this.
0: Yeah, that's, and again, I think it, you need Charles Dance for that. You need someone who's going to command that scene entirely to give that sense of this is why everyone's under his thumb because mm. he can do that. Yeah, it works really, really well. Um, so I'm just flipping through. We've got eh, some stuff that didn't really matter too much. We've got a bunch of guys shoveling shit, and they're like, oh, look, more shit. Mm. Uh, Nothing to that. I just wanted to say, oh, look, more shit. (laughs) Uh, Gilly has a thimble. Sam gave her. I don't know what that is, but I guess we'll find out. Um,
1: It's thimbolic.
0: Oh, oh, (laughs) yes. Writing that down. (laughs) Uh, We've got a bit with uh, Allbrand running, and you're like, well, this is obviously a uh, dream. No,
1: I was (laughs) sure this was going to be me watching him Ah, get disabled. Well, I don't he, know. It didn't feel like a dream sequence at the start. It felt like he was running away from something.
0: Yeah, it's fair. And then he climbs a tree and looks at a three-eyed raven and his mum shows up and says, don't climb trees. And he's all like, what do you mean? Ah.
1: Yeah, mum showing up was the giveaway. Okay, yeah, this dream what sequence. What is Catelyn
0: Stark doing in a tree? What? <laughs> yeah, fair. Um, Not too much came from that. But then we've got this bit with, again, we mentioned it before, uh, Varys talking to, I think it's Rosie is her name, in the, in the brothel. Mm. uh, Just getting information. There's, but it starts with so it was, was it particularly large? And she's like, "No, no, they've had large." It's like, and they said, "What? He was the most extraordinary man they've ever had." What? How did Podrick do this? Are we talking about <laughs> the same Podrick? And once again, the appearance of Podrick's magic cock.
1: Yep, <laughs> he's just full of surprises, that little squire.
0: Yep, I know. Uh, it's it's a bit that's going to come up, and that's why it's funny. <laughs> Um, let's see. Then Joffrey takes—I can't believe it's not Marjorie Tyrell on a little murder tour of the Sept. And it's like, and this is where this person is buried, and this is how they died, and they suck. And this yeah. is where this person's buried, and they suck, but they're also dead.
1: It actually reminds me of a Simpsons episode of HD era one, where, um, like Lisa has the line of like, uh, Bart's usually so uh, dumb, but when it comes to torture, he really knows his history. <laughs> and it's the same with this kid. You. No, he clearly has no other life skills, but fuck. He's just got history of death and murder and mm-hmm. stabbings and fire eaters just burned into his brain.
0: <laughs> yep. So, I mean, he's got that, I guess. I don't know, man.
1: And just her clear fake smile as she's going through. Oh, no, I delight in hearing all this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she teaches him to wave. <laughs>
0: Yeah, pretty much says, oh, let's go out and see the people. And they're all like, yay, Marjorie, yay, yay. And then yeah. she, she's all like, you wave, and then the people like you. And you hear this, yay, Joffrey. And he's like, oh, this is how I get popular. Yay. <laughs> yeah, pretty much.
1: Do I stab at them? No, you just wave at them.
0: Yeah, wait, but after the wave, do I wave to the, the guards to shoot them there? No, no, just wave. Ha! Huh. <laughs> Waving. Who would have thought? Yeah. Um. And I think that puts me out of notes. How about you?
1: Um. One second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, talked a lot about Varys and.
0: Uh... I mean, there was a lot, Again, there was some really good Varys bits to talk about.
1: Uh, the porridge plague. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wrote that down as a question mark, and yeah, grey is that what that was? But uh... Uh, no, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, when uh, Marjorie Tyrell's like, "Oh, I wish my sister would get porridge plague," and mm. Sansa's like, "What the hell is that?" And she's like, "Oh," and then just makes something up.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: Uh,
1: but yeah,
0: I yeah, I'm out of notes. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to talk about these ones. We just hurtle through them out of interest. Well, then we must ask our final question. How did we get here?
1: Well, uh, Varys came up to me in the garden and let me know some secret information that the next episode would be called Walk of Punishment. I thought I saw this episode. That was Walk of Shame. Attach the
0: Stone of Triumph. (laughs) Right. (laughs) No. um, Man, I don't know either. So uh, what what are we betting on here? Walk of Punishment.
1: Oh, who was walking and who was getting punished for walking? Um, Maybe this is Jamie's bit? Maybe? Maybe, yeah. Uh, I, I, re- I really don't know. I don't have a read or a joke on this one. It's just... Hmm. Yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> Are we going to see Billy or Joe Armstrong in this one? Just uh, walking an empty road, the only road that he has ever known?
0: Yeah. Are we going to see um, John C. Reilly is, uh, walk hard? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's hard. That's not punishment. I guess punishment is hard. Mm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, his brother died.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, the wrong kid died. The wrong kid
0: died. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Yeah. I mean, I got nothing. So I'm. I'm genuinely curious. Surprises in my future. What?
1: <laughs> All right. Well. Yeah. We will. Uh... Yeah.
0: Check that one out. All right. Well. Until that time, I've been BT Calloway. And that's been Elliot J O'Neill. Goodbye. And for now, our watch has ended. And we say that, not you, show. <laughs> Testing good. Testing good indeed. Actually, Batman tests good. Actually, Superman tests good. I <laughs> fucked everything up. I'm going to leave.
1: <laughs> renegade superhero. Pew, pew. Actually, super bat <laughs> I messaged uh, Nick from Pods in the Key of Springfield. Don't mm-hmm. forget to like and subscribe. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, yes. Said, hey, Merry Christmas, champ. And then he re- uh, messaged back, happy Easter, renegade greeting. Pew, pew. <laughs> yes,
0: it's spreading. <laughs> awesome.